a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 49. One away from that big 5-0, Brandon. We're creeping up on it, but man, do we have a great show for you guys today. It's going to be the Spring Sports Update. We're going to go in-depth with every sport, where they're at so far, next couple weeks in the schedule, what we like about them, what we don't like about them, see what's going to go on for that. But Brandon, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. Got a great show. Thank you all for tuning in here on this episode. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, whatever. Ever suit your fancy when it comes to auto listening platforms as well. So you can check out our YouTube channel as well. Some best bits have been dropping as of recently, which you guys have YouTube's really been liked. popping off lately. Yeah, we had a couple of big ones. I know we talked a little bit ago um, about some things going on, especially in Detroit in the sports world down there when it came to our predictions of who would win. Uh, a championship first, which me and Joe might have had some disagreements a bit of a there. Disagreement um, but yeah, some other great ones. I mean, recently the last video that dropped was one that was very good. Um, as outside of the episodes, of course, which have always been bangers. Um, but for sure, I mean, like the All Star Weekend. I know we talked about a while ago and how it's really been in trouble. I mean, that's really been a, a debatable topic here. I mean, especially now going into the second half of the season. I mean, we kind of forgot about that. But in a year from now, you're gonna have to go right back round to that's it true. once again. Basically, anyone that you choose is going to be a banger. Absolutely. Straight up. So you're going to have a good time regardless. Absolutely. So without further ado, we'll get right into the Ferris Spring Sports preview slash review slash update slash rundown. A little bit of everything. Everything in one because it's cool. But that's true. We'll go start here with tennis, the team that was most recently um, in action at home. Uh, certainly some great matches. I mean, for the men's side, especially, I mean, beating Wayne State. Was huge, dude. Absolutely huge, huge for the program. I mean, that was an absolutely huge win for the men. Uh, 4-3 win, taking down uh, a team that was nationally runner up. I mean, this is the team that finished number two in the nation last year. And being able to get that win, especially, I know Joe was there and he was talking about uh, off air. I mean, huge energy. High energy. Especially that fifth pairing to end it. I mean, mm-hmm. Alessandro, that whole game was just sounding like an electric factor over there at the Racket Center. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, especially when we were talking to Yannick last week, he said that they wanted to keep the foot on the gas pedal, really wanted to stay in control, and they won the doubles point, so that was a big thing. They had that momentum going through it, but then one, two, three singles, fell. So that was kind of the tough part about it. And then you get into a spot where you got to really rely on, you know, Ben, Alessandra, Sungay, your four, five, six singles, but they were able to really come in clutch. I mean, Ben, he was playing a really, really tough match. He was pretty much in control the whole way. 6-3-6-4, I think, for both of those sets that he won. But he was high energy. As soon as he won, he let everybody know. Because the Wayne State fans and their players that were on the sidelines, they were letting us know that they were there too. So it was it was pretty much back and forth, uh, both spectator and player-wise. Uh, but yeah, that was crazy. I mean, it, I'm kicking myself because I left right before the five and six, or before Alessandro and Sungay started playing because no. I had some prior commitments I had to make it before, oh, which stinks man. because I wish I stayed because talking to Coach Doran, he said that was, you know, the craziest atmosphere that's ever been going on in the Racket Center before, which is very unfortunate for me, but still it was, yep. Play the sound. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a well well needed sound there. But <laughs> regardless, be able to have that type of success against a team like this with, you know, I'm saying that a lot of people are saying that that this is probably going to be a rematch at the GLIAC tournament final. It's going to be one versus two most likely at the end of it. I mean, this is a really solid way to start out GLIACs and even better start out with a win. Absolutely, and I think especially. Uh, I need, we knew coming in, especially kind of in this Wayne State match in particular, uh, obviously the top pairings were going to be a challenge, right? Cedric Drenth, as well as Daniel Gray, two of the best in the nation uh, when it comes to singles and doubles for Wayne State. And I mean, obviously didn't quite get the match that we wanted out of those games. Uh, certainly were some really hard fought matches. I mean, Jan took it to the only two point deficits in each of those sets as well. Uh, as Eric gave Cedric as much as he could have handled in that second set as well. Uh, but the rest of the guys, I mean, really, really stepped up. I mean, you mentioned Ben Alessandro, Sungay as well. Uh, that depth on the team is what really makes this team that good. Because I mean, it's not necessarily uh, one of those teams where 
you necessarily have a high individual when it comes to Ferris State overall, but the depth that Coach Doran always has year after year, and I think you've seen that especially over the last couple of years, has really been fantastic because one through six, I mean, there's not necessarily huge guys standing out. Obviously, we still have one GLIAC player of the year is right over the past. I mean, Matisse won just in recent memory, but still, I mean, one through six, those guys come to play. And I mean, our number six man can be a lot of these other teams as number three guys. That's how good this team can be when it comes to their depth. And that's what they showed at Wayne State. And that's how they got to win over a really good team. And I think especially with the men's, I mean, you've seen it overall this season, a lot of good competition they've already played against. I know we went over quite a bit so far this season. I mean, Indianapolis was one uh, that we talked to Yannick about, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out that interview. What are you doing? Highly, highly recommend go watch that interview uh, on YouTube or whatever podcast podcast platform you're on. It's in the feed below his most recent episode. Pause the episode, go listen to the interview and come back. There you go. We'll still be here. I promise. We will be here for a little bit. Uh, but I mean, a lot of these other games, especially in Florida as well, St. Leo Rollins as well uh, as Grace from Indiana is a really good team that's ranked as well. Um, so all these teams, they have that prime competition and they use this schedule year after year and it works because now they've really gone through the thick of it, right? Got Purdue Northwest coming up on Friday as well um, as Davenport right after on Saturday, both home, by the way. So you can go over to the Racket Center and watch some Bulldog tennis. Uh, as well as we're going to have some really tough matchups coming up uh, with Grand Valley as well, a team that's probably in that ranking in the top mm-hmm. three consideration. They're also ranked, I think, on men's and women's side, or maybe at least just men's. I have to refresh my memory. I believe on the they're rankings. ranked on women's side as well. I think they are too. I, I was writing say. my article. I was checking around the Gleak yes, rankings. Yes, so. don't if you don't want follow the torch and all of our readings, you should do that as well. I feel like we're just running through the shameless plugs today, but it's certainly yeah, no problem. Hey. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Final four predictions might be coming out. Oh, I just said too much. You might have to grab the paper this week. <laughs> anyway, uh, go UConn. Anyway, I mean, this team still has all the depth and to make a big run, especially in the postseason. And that's going to be, it's going to be huge for the team aspect, especially going into Gleax and uh, certainly looking forward to seeing that stretch over top because we've dominated a lot of these teams that we should dominate. And that's one of the more things that it really sticks out to me, right? I mean, a Hillsdale team that we hadn't beat at Hillsdale in a long time. Clean sweep 7-0, right? Beat a really good Finley team. Beat a really good Tiffin team as well. Really good program in the GMAC on the road. Those are big wins. And taking care of business when it matters most is what Mm -hmm. you need in these tournaments. And it really is one of those things where it is whatever team wins that given day is going to be able to get a momentum swing and make a run moving forward in the postseason. Yeah, Grand Valley's ranked 32, by the way. In Uh, men's? In women's. Oh. And then men's, I think they're even higher. I was about to say they should be higher Um, in men's, yeah. Yeah, because ITA's website is slow, so I wasn't going to, I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I think we're 50th out of the whole nation, which in, is. In the women's, yeah. Yeah, for women's and then men's, we're at 22, which will probably jump up to probably the teens, most likely after this win. I mean, that's a uh, big which win. Is, which is huge, but like you are saying about Gleex, I think this is going to be a pretty solid start to it, especially we're looking at the schedule coming up these next few weeks. Uh, the Grand Valley one, I feel like it's going to be an interesting one because, I mean, we played them at our place last year. Our place, I know, is one of the faster courts. Yes. And, uh, speaking of, just kind of uh, with that home court advantage, uh, because I know Davenport and Purdue Northwest, the last time we played them, we still won against them, but it was a little bit closer. But maybe I think having that advantage of being comfortable on our court is going to be a big thing. But I think ending the year on a three-game road on a three-game road trip is going to be a little bit tougher. But other than that, I think we're going to be pretty solid because I know Lake State struggled a little bit last year during Gleax. Michigan Tech was one that gave us a surprising run for our money last year, but I think, and they were a really young team. I think their number one was a freshman at the time, and there wasn't anybody older than I think a junior, but their junior, I think, was on, I think, court number five, or was their position five player. So Michigan Tech's going to have a lot of returning guys who I think is going to make some noise, and then Lake State and Grand Valley. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's certainly going to be a fun test. I mean, especially in the doubles, both teams, uh, considerably with Grand Valley, are very, very good, solid doubles teams. I mean, we obviously have Jan and Ben, uh, our number one pairing. Those guys do a heck of a job. They're a really good pair together, as well as Yannick and Eric. Um, Those guys can really make a lot of plays. And then obviously, Alessandro, um, I mean, he's been paired with a couple other guys. I mean, in that Grace game, he did really well with Andrew. Uh, So, I mean, Coach Doran's got the depth to make a lot of these teams that good. And we have 
have some players too that we can throw in at those later pairings that have really unique skill sets to their game as well. Casper is one of them that was especially in that Grace game in particular was really good. Um, necessarily didn't get the outcome that he would have wanted to, but he showed a lot of flair. So uh, there's a lot of depth on this team, especially with the um, with the freshman class and obviously the experience to go with it. I mean, this team's really got that makeup to really do some damage this year. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they do, especially on this tough Gleak slate coming up because um, it's not necessarily always by paper as we've learned as especially recently mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, tournament play. Um, so it's going to be whatever team wins on that given day. And right now, our teams are taking care of business when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the tennis courts. And it's certainly starting to be uh, one of those seasons where you know that something great is going to happen by the end of it. Yeah. Also, if you're checking our wild stat Wednesday, we kind of released a little bit of the rankings too, but yeah, we did. Uh, ben and Jan are 31st in the nation when it comes to doubles. There you go. So interestingly I'm, enough, that's a pretty good top pairing right there. And individually, solid. I want to say both of them are in that consideration as well in top 75s too. So yeah. the I tough mean, part is they had to play Cedric Drenth and Daniel Gray. The number th- one pairing was also ranked number three. Correct. So yes. they were pretty, a little bit tough, a tough situation there. Yeah. So, but no, this team, this team's going to be really good, and I think they were definitely have what it takes uh, to make a real run this year, and that's going to be fun. So, moving on over now into the women's side of tennis, uh, recent matchup against Saginaw Valley State didn't quite go exactly how they would have hoped, but uh, on the road at Midland, definitely a little tough environment going over. Um, to Saginaw to face the cards. Not necessarily the result you wanted, uh, but obviously um, it's a learning experience at the end of the day, right? And this team certainly... Um, has really kind of had a really has have a really rough stretch of it as of recently. I mean, you looked back, they have not won a match in the month of March yet, which is kind of crazy to think about, but you have to look at it in this scenario too, where five of those games, I believe have come against regionally ranked teams, including Tampa, St. Leo, Rollins, Palm Beach, Atlantic, as well as Wayne state recently, all these teams are top thir- top 50 ranked. And that's one of the hard things going in. I think you, we mentioned earlier, Joe, they're a top 50 team. They're right at 50. Uh, so they're taking, on a lot of these teams that have a lot of the experienced firepower on both sides, singles and doubles, uh, that make them really lethal teams. And especially the ones down in the Southeast that we played, uh, with with Tampa and some of those other teams like Paul Meach Atlantic, they're used to playing outside too. We hadn't been used to playing outside all year long because we've been in the mm-hmm. snow. And also outside was 23 degrees and dry and down there's 90, 80, 70, 90 degrees and humid. So it's quite the change. It is a huge change. So that's something to consider as well. And that takes time to adjust, but uh, Saginaw Valley is a team also um, that is really good. I mean, I think when they came in at the the rankings um, for tennis overall this year, they came in much higher than expected. And I think they're kind of starting to show why. And I mean, especially right now, I think um, it might be a little bit of a, a learning lesson here. I mean, especially seeing yourself kind of down in the standings right now, but that can be, that can be a humbling, hungry sensation. You can feel now, uh, to really get after it over these next couple of weeks. So we've played a lot of these good teams. Like I look at some of the other teams that are ahead of us, like Davenport and Purdue Northwest in the standings. And I think we're a much deeper team. We have a lot better experience of games against some of those teams. So, mm-hmm. um, that's something that you can really kind of use as a motivator. And especially now over the next couple of weeks, I mean, right out of the gate, Purdue Northwest and Davenport coming right up this upcoming weekend. So a perfect opportunity to get back on track, put the hammer down and start to get some points and start to get some wins rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially you talk about it. If you look at the standings for the Gleak, I think it's Michigan Tech, Grand Valley, Davenport, Purdue Northwest make the top four. Wayne State, they're ranked uh, the highest nationally out of any Gleak team. They're 13-3 and overall, but in conference, they're 1-1. One one. So if you really look at those top four teams, we have a, basically the same record as Tech and Purdue Northwest, minus maybe one or two games. And if you look at that, I mean, the Gleak could really be wide open. If Wayne State's already lost to some people in the Gleak, then it kind of is a little bit refreshing to know that, hey, we might be a little bit slow here, but we got, I think, five, six more, uh, five to six more games to really make it up here. Yeah, five games. Sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. We got five matches to make it up here, and it's against opponents that are good, but I think we can really make some noise because you got Michigan Tech coming up. We can get a win against them. They're only six and four overall. We've played uh played four more games, then we've kind of know the game a little bit better of what we're able to play. And then you go to their place. I think we're going to be doing, we're going to be in pretty solid spot because Gleak right now is pretty wide open despite uh, what the, what the standings say. Yeah. I think it's going to be certainly a fun 
uh, sport to watch when it comes to the conference overall. And I'm, I'm still trying to find the, the GLIAC tennis, uh, preseason rankings. And I literally cannot find them for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, but I mean, we'll certainly try to find them and get back to you. But I, I want to say that I saw Saginaw Valley was a team. Uh, I mean, you especially look back, um, uh, at last year and they were a team that, not necessarily finished in the most peak position, but I think they did. Uh, I think they did better compared to what they probably would have expected out of that season. Cause obviously they've been kind of an up and down in recent memory. Um, but I think it's still uh, going to be really interesting to see how our team bounces back. Cause we have a really, a lot of talented players and you saw that uh, you've seen that over the, the course of early on this year. I mean, this team is really deep and they have a lot of very, very talented players that can do really well. And I think especially facing off against this high, higher level competition will make its mark, not necessarily right away as we've seen over the last couple of games in this skid, but trust the process, right? That growth takes time. So make it a little bit longer down this stretch and things will start to come around for this team. And I think that will be the case here later on, but still a lot of great hope with this season. You're not giving up yet. I mean, we're not even barely halfway through this year already. We still got a whole month to go before it's go time. So uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, we have a lot of really good talent up top. I mean, obviously uh, with a lot of veteran players on this team, Morgan Waller, Sophie DeVito have been there. Uh, Obviously the Hernandez twins have came on and provided a spark as well. Uh, Kennedy Dumas as well. Mito Lavidier. Those Guy, those these girls really have a lot what it takes to be these beat a lot of these good talented teams here. So I think there's a lot to look forward to this upcoming year. And obviously we're going to see a little bit of adjustments when you mentioned earlier, Joe, I mean, we're going to be traveling here um, a little bit later on in the month, but right now we're kind of at home. We can find that groove over this next weekend on the fast court, get back to business and use that momentum rolling into that little bit of the road test coming up and hopefully really get some good games together before we really hit postseason play and make the ultimate run like we have done over the last couple of years. Yeah, man, you weren't wrong. Jeez, I got a little voice whoa, crack there. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I said, you weren't wrong, though. I can't find a tennis preseason at all. I know. I, I almost know, want to say I, I saw one. I feel like they forgot, though. That's I have not been able to see one, so that, wild that, stuff. That's just sad. I mean... When, what are we doing here? I mean, what are we doing, Gleak? Step are, your game up. What are we doing? Step your game up, Gleak. We don't have a preseason Come poll. on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Gleak, what are you doing? I know. There's, I literally looked up the other day, and I literally found. I literally just looked up on I the website. Swore too, yeah. And I can't even find it. I, th- I thought, man. I thought we need help. So if you find the Gleak preseason Ooh, tennis polls anywhere, shoot them our way at the MBS. Trying to find it even on the. Uh, on the website, and I can't even find it. I know. It. That's where I'm looking, too. Like, I'm news literally scrolling be, through all oh, of this web browser. News might be it. And I cannot find it. Let's look this bad boy up real quick. I cannot believe it. Never mind. It's not even on here. What the heck? That's what I'm saying. I could have swore. I might just be, like, all seeing right. ghosts, Casper style or something, but I cannot Somebody find at the Gleak's getting fired. Somebody is. Oh, boy. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I will if- have your job. I will take your job from you and fire you from it. You know, I have no authority to do so. That would be that would be wild though. But I mean, somebody could be getting canned for that. Sometimes, mm-hmm. side note, you ever go on Gleak's like Instagram and just look back at like how much stuff we won? Yeah. Stuff. And it's like it's a good problem remember, to have. Yeah. Remember, remember like if you go to those games and all that? Yeah. It's fun stuff. And I was scrolling down and then I saw uh, the national championship post for football and I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that as well. That was a fun time. Back in McKinney, the first time, and then we got to do it. The again. first time was sick. Second time was even cooler. Yeah, honestly, the second game was honestly. I, I like the second game better because it was at in the afternoon, and like, it was nice out, and I felt like it was just like a better experience. Yeah, so I think when it comes to that, sorry, we're getting off topic here, but yeah, it's fine. They can deal with it. I loved the night game. The night game was sweet in that first year, but the second year, it felt like it was a bigger kind of game. Like, cause we, we I think so too, cause we weren't expected to make it, uh, especially in the middle of the year. Like nobody thought yeah, we were going to. It just kind of felt like we enjoyed it more. And then I think the whole thing, I mean, especially like from my perspective, riding the fan bus is obviously Joe had a little bit different experience driving down himself, but like we literally left the field 
after the game, like an hour after. And I was still scrambling to go from press conference, talking to players, because I had media inquiries to do. And yeah. then I had to run, jump on the bus. I remember having to make the bus driver wait like five minutes. Thanks to my teammates for not letting the bus leave without me, because that would have been bad. But literally, we were on a t- schedule. We literally went over, uh, got out of the stadium. We went over to Bucky's for like getting food and stuff at that gas station. Yeah, yeah. And then we went over and kept driving. And I was just well, That's like, the one tough part. Did you guys... Yeah, again, we're kind of getting off topic, but last part last part about it. Did you guys, like, pack up before you left for the game so you could leave right from the game, or did you guys go back to the hotel? Yes, that's exactly what we did. We literally You guys packed. left from the game yes. and just go and home. went home. Yes, exactly. We were what? on a schedule. We were one, two, like three, four. We are out of here. That's the nice part about what it was like the first year, though, is because we won it, and we went back to the hotels, and we were able to kind of, like, hang yes. out with everybody, and it was, like, a big party. Yeah, it was nice. Cause That's the good thing just, about driving yourself, because Rob, Rob was like, hey, we're having a team celebration at the hotel. And I was like, for sure, I'll be there. Yep, and we couldn't stay for it. Yeah. It's just it's just unfortunate. But Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down for sure. You didn't feel like we could have enjoyed it as much, so, yeah. but... It'll, yeah, it was still a natty. I mean, got to experience it on the way home. How many people can experience one natty? We've gotten two, almost. True. Well, technically three. I know I saw the basketball two, our, one two in our lifetime. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, the basketball. two in our fairest time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I watched, I the, watched that one, the basketball one on TV. Yeah. I watched it in Florida. So I was kind of there, but not there, you know, but anyway, national championships are cool. Hopefully we can see them this year from some of our spring teams as we kind of move forward. Now, uh, we're going to softball here, a team that's been in action recently. Uh, picked up a big time sweep against Wayne huge State this weekend. back time right there. Yeah, huge for the program, as Joe likes to mention. Sure. I, I think it really kind of rings true. Obviously, we use that kind of as a joke for a lot, but I think it really rings true for this one. Uh, because I think when you look at it, um, this is a really good team that you can start to see the growth already. I mean, I know me and Joe were talking when we were at the Northwood game, which obviously didn't go necessarily our way, but I mean, the team was battling quite through, especially that second game, obviously got a little out of hand, but Northwood's offense is really, really good. Northwood's is crazy. Yeah. So I think when you look at this team in a nutshell, I mean, you look at kind of what we've seen in years past with some of these teams, right? Been able to really put together a lot of good string of games, hitting wise, being able to be pretty aggressive when it comes to uh, on the base pads and in the field as well. Uh, It's not necessarily been the biggest proponent uh, that has kind of held us back, but I mean, uh, overall, our pitching is our weakest link. And and it's, it's tough to say that, but it's really hard when you have to go through Um, so many pitchers per game. I mean, when you are a really good team and you can get into a groove behind one pitcher that can take you five, six, almost the whole way, and then you can have a closer come in or even have a complete game from that starter. I mean, that gets you into that that really that groove and that rhythm. I almost said groove there. Maybe we can just use that as a combo word. Combo. Yeah, the end of the groove. Uh, of <laughs> that whole entire game. I just broke Joe, but that's okay. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to do like that depth of rhythm, But yeah, I think you'd like a sound effect there. But I think, the, gosh darn it. <laughs> the thing it was, back to my point here, when you can get into that groove of being able to have that ability to kind of roll through with that consistent play defensively, that boosts your offense, right? When you have an inning that doesn't go your way hitting-wise, you go down one, two, three, happens, right? It happens all the time. But when you go back out there and you know, wow, we've been we've been lights out. I mean, we haven't given up that many hits. We haven't given up many base runners. We'll go back out, get three outs, and let's get back to hitting. You know, that's kind of the mindset you are. But when you are in the opposite kind of situation where you've kind of given up, got shelled a little bit, and that's kind of what happened in the Northwood game, which they adjusted perfectly well against Wayne State, which helped them win that game on the road, that when you go back to... Uh, hitting, you know, you you feel like you have to have pressure to get four or five runs or you're going to get dug into a hole, right? You kind of feel like you're playing from the back rather than playing from the front. You know, that's kind of the yeah. vibe that they kind of had during that Northwood game. And it went against them at Wayne State. However, that changed. The team really kind of dug in. They were down early, but they fought back in the early innings because they got that groove after the third inning in that first game. They were down three nothing. They were in a hole. But then when they got that groove together, got some good defensive innings, they found that groove and they got two uh, two runs in the fifth and two runs in the seventh to win that game in dramatic fashion. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's something that's really huge when it comes to uh, just being able to get that groove going. And, I mean, the Bates pass has been the biggest story, man. I mean, they had three stolen bases in that first game. And then the second game, well, I obviously. Said they, they had to do that. They had to, they had to get a little bit more. Uh, aggressive, yeah. A little bit more, they only had one. 
uh, in the second game, but the they still game, but. attempted a multiple steals, which has given me a lot of confidence that they feel that they are that fast and they can do um, some damage on the base pads. So, uh, but I mean, you you saw the extra base hits. That was something that was kind of missing in that Northwood game and a little bit earlier on the season. They caught a little bit of that in the second half of Florida trip, which they really used offensively to get that run going. Uh, but I think when you look at it, uh, when you get that consistency from the mound, that it really penetrates to your defense and it really kind of let you get gonna, into that roof to get yourself moving forward. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot less to deal with. I feel like for for a defense because, like you said, when you have a lot of pitchers switching up, you'll be kind of getting a rhythm of you know getting your prep step, getting ready for how a pitcher pitches and where they're gonna be able to put it. And then once a new one gets in and kind of switches up the game plan a little bit, what they might like to throw, it's gonna change up how hitters act. It's gonna change up how the defense kind of has to set up whether they're gonna want to play deep, what kind of uh, defensive setups they want to run. But also, I wanted to say like especially for a team that just got a new coach to be able to have this record i mean we're near 500 right now i'm pretty sure i think only like three or four games off pretty sure right yeah i mean we're not. six games off we're 12 and 18 but to see a team and especially in conference right now we're two and oh to be able to have that kind of jump especially when you have a brand new coaching staff brand new you know plays you have to run brand new kind of scheme that a coach puts up what kind of pitches he wants to play you're so used to what was it two three years with coach james last year and then you get a whole new situation where you know He's dealing with a, a big group. He didn't recruit. It's going to be a little bit different. So to be able to have the success already, I mean, to have 12 wins, usually when there's a new coach that takes over, teams rarely get to double digits. And I already had this now where we're just starting conference, where we're starting to kind of find our groove is perfect. And it's also a pretty solid, uh, it's a pretty solid pat on the back to say, hey, we're going to be pretty solid despite the start of the year where we were a little bit slow to get it ready, especially during those spring break trips down to Florida. And uh, what was it the Music City invite? We're going to be pretty solid now that we're getting a Gleak starting a good win against Wayne State. We got Saginaw, and then the big test can be Grand Valley uh, at the start of April. Yeah, Grand Valley is a good team, national ranked top 10. So obviously, that one's going to be circling on the calendar for quite some time. Mm -hmm. They play um, Saginaw in an hour. Yes, they actually do so here on Monday. As recording us. this, so likely when you're listening to the episode, you will be able to follow Ferris State uh, softball online. Oh, I, thought you State found, I thought you found the tennis. No, I thought you was, found the tennis preseason. I was like, no way, no, you found it. No, no, it's the softball. the softball one, unfortunately, but that's okay. Uh, I thought we were really close, but softball, we were, came in in rank six. Wayne State was ahead of us. Big time. Uh, that's an upset. Bing, that is, yeah. So I think that's really good to get that momentum rolling. That's a big win to take down a team that's huge, man. Many what people, talking about, many dude? people thought was going to be higher on the list in us, and then obviously the rankings came out. We were lower on the list, and I know I've talked to a couple of players; they weren't happy about that. And being able to beat a team that was ahead of you. That's the perfect start, you know? It is. Use it with these head-to-head matchups. You got Davenport coming up here soon, mm -hmm. too, so go do some Davenport, damage. Purdue Northwest is coming up as well. Yeah. That grand, well, it's tough because we're playing the number one and two teams in the conference or preseason conferences. So. Yeah, but you can still go A beat those teams. A little bit different, but hey. It don't matter. You can still beat those teams. It don't matter. You can still go beat those teams. So Technically, right now, we're number two in the conference. So Yeah. Just saying. I mean, we're only two games. Just man. saying. But, yes, you're absolutely right. But I think the pitching still has improved this year. Obviously, it's not where we it's got some, completely it's got wanted some to distance be. to go, but yeah. I think we're at a good spot. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Gallagher's been uh, very solid. She's improved her ERA so far this year. Uh, Catherine O'Donohue's been striking out a lot of batters as a freshman. That's something that's really promising uh, in her development, as well as uh, Maury Vinas, as well, has been a really good pitcher for this team. I believe she leads the team in ERA, um, as well as Christy Gray's a veteran that always can be put in at any moment, as well. But uh, I think the hitting, as well, has really started to kind of show. I mean, the base pads has definitely been the focal point, obviously, right, um, with how much they're stealing bases right now. I believe we're at 69 in the season so far and I think when we did our wild stat Wednesday I think I want to say that the number was somewhere around 50 to 60 on the entire year they had last year and we're not even ha we're barely halfway through the season right now so th that is a huge improvement already to see the aggressiveness and be able to see this team starting to really kind of make it happen will it into existence and that is something that as far as an attitude think, is concerned is really good for this ball club and it's well needed see, I think you could really see Probably 140 stolen bases this year. Whoa. If you, if they get pretty, if they get a little, uh, there's a couple games they get really uh, aggressive on the base pass. I mean, they're at s near 70, 69 right now. You're going to be playing a Davenport or uh, what is it? You're playing a Purdue Northwest team who is near the bottom. 
if I remember correctly last year, I remember that we had, I think, two or three stolen bases on him in one game. I mean, if you just keep that up, I think you really see a pretty, I mean, you can see us at the top of the leaderboard, especially in that stat category, but it's going to be coming down to if we, you know, keep this aggression on the base pass, which we should, because like I said last episode, it's easier to stay in an inning when you don't have somebody on first and a double play is turned. You can't play, you can't turn double, people can't turn double plays against you if you don't have somebody on first, but if you have somebody on second, pretty easy. That is true. Pretty simple stuff. So Joe's given the green light to any player on Ferris State's roster. <laughs> I would say put the afterburners on, get the second, and then you can set up right there. Okay. So you're saying stretch any single here's the thing. Here, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you get on as a single, green light to, green light to steal. All the time. Is what I'm like pretty much. I mean, it kind of depends on who you're who you're playing as a catcher, but like one, if you if you go, if you hear if as a pitcher, especially in high school when I was a like if when I pitched, if I heard going, almost always a ball. Because I wanted to just get it there as fast as I could. Yeah, you'd pitch out to get you'd your catcher a chance to throw so him out. So one, yeah. that gives the hitter the advantage right off the bat, usually, probably nine times out of ten. And then you get to a point there where Hey, the hitter's up 1-0. We got a runner in scoring position. Batters count. So, I'm no baseball or softball genius, but that sounds like a pretty good plan to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, Joe is basically... I'm a savant. I'm a baseball savant. <laughs> savant. What a great word to use. That's fantastic. But I think the hitting has definitely improved too. So we can start to see, uh, I know, especially the aggression uh, that Coach Schumann has already used. I mean, hit and runs are definitely in the play almost any single time anybody's on base. So uh, sometimes that's been unfortunate. I think a couple in the Northwood game, as we mentioned on the last episode, uh, kind of really kind of hurt that one, you know hit a line drive right at somebody on a hit and run turns into a double play. Your momentum's pretty much just washed away. But uh, I mean, you're still seeing some pop in the bats too. I mean, Kylie Winkles has really been uh, a really good hitter this year. I mean, three home runs, a lot of extra base hits nine. I'm counting here on the list so far, as well as batting uh, 290. Kalen Orm has been doing very well at the dish so far, 325. I believe that's a team leader this year so far. Uh, among starters, I believe Caitlin Gabos is the only one with higher at 333 um, in her 12 plate appearances. So, I mean, that's a really impressive mark. I believe she's slugging 463 right now, which is only Yay. second to Winkles. Um, so those are a lot of good numbers. And you're seeing a lot of these freshmen as well batting over 250 in the 270 range. That is something um, that is starting to kind of make its way back up and starting to see them on base, especially the speed that a lot of these underclassmen have. That's something that you really want uh, at the dish. And I think because, I mean, hitting really comes in development over the years of experience, right? Because I mean, every single level, obviously you're going from high school, you're going from club, uh, AAU, for example, you know, playing club ball, um, everything changes when it comes to the way the game's played, obviously. Uh, and the college level is no different. So that the hitting will come over time. So being able to really apply those things outside of the hitting um, will then pro help propel you to learn and you'll get back to hitting. and You'll be even better multi-tooled player. That's what we like to see. And that's going to bring this team even better over the next coming years. For sure. Absolutely. Big time. Anyway, moving over. Track now. Three out of four we go. Track and field begins this week. We'll actually be airing the next episode maybe a little bit earlier if you guys notice. That's because by the time you'll hear the next episode... We will be on a bus, or buses, I should say, heading down to Western Kentucky uh, to take part in a Hilltop Relays. Very excited for this one. It was a meet that we went to two years ago um, in our opener down south. Uh, but it was certainly a great meet, I think, just to get the the rust off. There was quite a fit, uh, quite a good amount of competition, not necessarily as big of a meet in comparison to some other ones that we went to, uh, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Obviously you want to be a part of these really big meets right out of the gate, but it helps you really kind of have that confidence to really get the rust off. And I think that's something um, that a lot of teams use and use greatly. So uh, really excited for this one. Obviously uh, this meet two years ago uh, was when I did my first ever steeplechase race. So getting back there, kind of seeing, um, going to have like a comparison because likely that'll be what I will be registered in this weekend is steeple. So just being able to see the 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 two year progression will be fun. I will give you I will give you a hundred dollars if in the race you go on top of the steeple. And just jump off and belly flop in the water. No, I'm not going to. $200. That's why? I will give you $300. I want to run fast, bro. I will give you $1,000. Why would you? Give or take. $1,000? Maybe. 
<laughs> Tell me you have a thousand dollars right now. Lay it on the table. I don't, I don't have it in cash. Well, then I'm not gonna do it then. Lame. I gotta see it up front. Lame. Anyway, I have a shot to run fast for this the weekend. culture, man. Do and it for I the want, culture. I will do it for the boys, man. It'll be funny. You could get on a lot of social media sites. It'll be funny. That is true. We did fun story. You could. You could yeah. Fun story last year. Some people remember this from last year's team. Um, there, I was actually. What, what were we at? We were at, I believe, Al Owens, or it was the extra meet. It was at Grand Valley. Yeah. And it was one of the later meets in the year. Uh, I believe it was Al Owens because I would did the five k. I didn't do steeple because I wanted to prep. Um, for down for the tune up at Davenport to runs faster. And I wanted to get one long duration race in yeah. before them. And I, we went and watched the steeplechase cause uh, I think Callie Delaney was in it. Who was uh, on our team last year was a senior um, doing steeplechase as well. Uh, but we watched the men's race afterwards and there was one guy there. His name was Peter Wilcom. And I, he was from oh, Cornerstone. He was, he's, I believe when we looked it up, we did the research, he's a decathlete for Cornerstone. And so he basically does literally everything, right? You're literally doing 10 events in one span of like two or three days. That's wild. And you're having these point totals that score in different portions of time and how you yeah, place yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Obviously throw, jump, run, the definition of literally being multi-tooled athlete, right? And he had entered in the steeplechase because rumor has it, he said he just always wanted to. I believe this was his last year. So he's like, I'm going to do it. And he registered in the steeplechase. So we would watch the steeplechase and none of us had no idea this was happening. Right. We knew he was in the race, but we really didn't know like who, like, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was that he was a decathlete that was just trying this for fun. Right. We were watching the race kind of progress. And, um, I think he like, I can't remember if he went through like the first one and went with the pack and then kind of backed off or if he was before that. But every time he came up to the water jump, which in anybody that's been at track and field meets, if you're at watching steeplechase, you're at the water jump. Like everybody is there. It is completely crowded out into the lanes just to watch the water jump. And we were down there. And he was, every time he went up, he did something different. So he went up, did a 360 off of it one time and landed, it kept going. There was one time that he did, uh, he didn't even touch the actual barrier, which is like the quote unquote orthodox way to get over, right? You kind of get on top of it. You jump, step off, jump off you, you, you flex your foot over and you push off, right? Cause you want to get more length because as a steeple pit goes farther away from you, the shallower it gets. So the less water you're going through, therefore the faster you can boy? be. Uh, at the very, very nearest edge of the barrier, yeah. uh, like almost hip high, ocean, like mid thigh high, it is deep in there. Like it is a, it is like you're almost swimming out of it. If they you change just the water? On. What do you mean change the water? Like they just let the water sit there all the time? Oh no! You, there, they have drains they inside it of out. it. No, there's drains in there. I was gonna say if I'm sitting, I it's feel like, like a, there's it's no like filtration. A pool. I bet there's no filtration system in there. So if you put water in there at the start of the year, then you have a meet at the end of the year, it'll be all gooky. And oh no. Yeah. They have gunky. a lot of them have drains put in and they'll just refill it with a garden hose or whatever. But, um, fun fact, I believe there was one race that I saw on the internet. They actually let uh fish in there while the race was going on. Oh, really? I was like, that is the worst thing you could have done to that fish anyway. But beside the point, the very last jump, Peter had done all the tricks in the book, 360. Um, he had done a bunch of different different tricks. He did like, a, uh, I can't remember if he, he was doing like 360s. He was doing like rollovers on the barrier. He was jumping off the barrier, doing like Superman type stuff. The very last one was what everybody wanted. He went on top. He stood there. And I almost want to say that he literally raised his hands up and then he just went and belly flopped right into the deep end. And it was the most hysterical moment. I still have it saved on my phone from that experience. Pull that bad boy up. So Pull that bad boy up. I want to see it. It was pretty funny. So here, I'll show it here. Um, I'll load it up so Joe can watch and then I'll continue my rant here um, about steeplechase. But anyway, steeple steeple is fun and steeple is a great meet <coughs> or is a great event. That's the one thing. Usually whenever I see like videos like track meets on like uh, just like a meme page or something like that on Instagram or like TikTok or whatever. It's usually that. It's, it's like, usually it's somebody's yeah. doing steeple and they're just like messing around and stuff, which is fun. Oh, yeah. It is. What, did he get in trouble for it? Or did he, oh, no. Oh, sick. I mean, it's his own time to burn. So I say, he yeah, wants to do like it. He, he can do it. I yeah, mean, there's no it. problem with that. I mean, he, he was already just saying he wanted to try well, it. Anyway, he the track team for one game, for one match. Me, sorry. One race, yeah. Wrong, uh, wrong terminology. <laughs> Put me in steeple. I'll be your pace setter. And then once I fall off, I'm just going to do a bunch of stupid stuff in the pool. 
Oh, I'm just going to chill in the pool. The just going to sit there. You're going to get stepped on if you That's do that. Fine. But Sit right at the right at the base. Yes, that is funny. I'm trying to find it at the moment, but I'm having some troubles here. Yeah, we'll, My find, difficulty. It we'll find it after the show. We'll, we should find it after the show. Back to actually the track preview and not just steeplechase. Uh, this meet, the meet will be solid. I mean, it's two-day meet, not a lot of running events the first day, but it's the second relays, day. It's just relays, right? Uh, well, it's it's actually like the whole course of a meet. There's more relays invoked in it, so like oh, there's, yeah, there's an yeah. extra four-by-one in there. And there's the four I didn't know if it was just there. solely relays. No, 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 it's just in the name. So um, they have a couple other like extra relays in there, and that's probably why they. But that's a common like me name is the Could relays you when you just add a couple like extra. A, if they did like a four by five thousand meter or something like that, no, that, that would, would be, be like an hour long race. That would be you would be an hour long race. That is absolutely like the fastest people in the world would be breaking. Like if they had a, if you had a legit elite five k relay with four guys to beat sixty, that would be incredible. Beat an hour. Anybody else is going to be well over an hour at that point for a lot of teams. I mean, that would be, that would be tough, especially the competition. You're running it by yourself. How many miles is that? Is it like 5k? Like a a four by 5k? Oh, that's three miles, right? Yeah. Four, three times four. Jeez. Over 12. Yeah. 12.4. Yeah. It's a lot. Anyway. uh, But it's going to be a good meet. I think especially we're going to get down there uh, a day early um, be able to kind of train there, get the feel of the land, especially for many people. The five Kers will obviously have to race that day, but they want to can't the the five K getting that done the day before um the very first day is the best case scenario because <coughs> the five K on the five K on the first day is better than the second day because it's a longer duration race. So you're kind of ready to go um from the shoot. So uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be nice weather, we hope. I knock on wood now, um, because it is gonna be the goal to get down there of being warmer than it is to stay here. Uh, but it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good meet being able to have the debut for a lot of the younger classmen as well that put in a lot of good work, um, especially in kind of some new events. Obviously, uh in outdoors you have the addition of some new events like steeplechase, as well as um the 10K, as well as the hundred compared to the 60 and so forth. Um, as well as the uh, throwing events, obviously you have hammer throw instead of weight throw now. Um, then you have discus added as well to it. So there's a lot of new elements. So the first meet's always one that gets to rust off, um, and doing it in a nice environment in a warm atmosphere, um, with a lot of good competition is definitely the way to start it up. Then we'll be off to Oakland, um, for a, a really, uh, Oakland's been a pretty solid meet I've seen in years past and another kind of smaller one. Um, uh, but that really gives you the opportunity to kind of lock in on your event and really get after it against some good local teams. Uh, and then it's the big one for those that qualify over to the bison invite in Bucknell in Pennsylvania. That's going to be the one that a lot of people have circled already. I know I've circled it, uh, hitting the steeple standards. So, uh, that's going to be a huge one. I mean, going to be a fun meet. That one always is. And then obviously finish out in state at Al Owens, as well as Davenport and then Gleax at Davenport as well in the first week of May. But this team has definitely grown a lot. I mean, especially with all hands on deck, I mean, certainly been getting into working and training, obviously with coach Kelsch as well um, as coach Levine, getting all the things put into place when it comes to throws, jumps and all that sort of stuff and every practice and workout. But obviously outside of that too, I mean, shout out to coach Steady as well in the weight room. He's been fantastic. I know there's been plenty of coaches um, and for us conference, and media interactions that have said that he's been the top division two weightlifting coach or not weightlifting coach, strength and conditioning coach in the nation. And I think he, I mean, he's done a fantastic job. I know for me personally, I've been a lot stronger, been a, really a lot faster um, using a lot of those techniques that he's, we've done weight room and doing all that mobility training and core building and all that stuff. It's definitely helped a bunch. So, uh, and I mean, especially with that, a lot of our team has really put our foot in the ground and being able to do some really good really good improvements in that area as well. So um, that's really going to boost us in outdoor. We had a really good out, uh, indoor season, obviously finished uh, top five in the GLIAC, which is one of our best performances in a long time. Let's go, um, dude. Of, I think it was our highest points performance in over 10, 20 years, I want to say it was. That's right. Or something like that. And it's been good. I mean, we were we were looking to get after um, uh, Parkside a little bit. Not necessarily got, not ever got the closest there. There it is. Uh, Reach across the table. I know, a long stretch giraffe arms here, but, um, but it's been good. I think it's going to be a really good season. Obviously the weather is going to be one of the bigger factors now getting into outdoor as opposed to indoor. Um, but I think with this schedule that we have put together, uh, I think it's going to really provide 
really good opportunity for us to to get out in the good elements against some good teams, really kind of get that feel um, back into outdoor for that first meet. And then obviously uh, really hone in at Oakland and be able to really put together some fast times, then pull that over into Bucknell with that huge momentum and then apply that and find tweak down the rest until Gleax. I think that's a good way to put it. So it's going to be a fun year, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Our team's looking forward to it. It's finally racing week. So everybody's excited. Everyone's stoked um, to get back to work here for the early part of the week and then uh, we'll set sail for down in the bluegrass state and it'll be fun to just see how fast we can run again is it feels like it's been a while it's been over i think it's on over a month now since we've raced so uh i think yeah, actually to this day yeah, it's been over and, a month month and five days yeah so it is gonna be a month um, and five days by the time you get to the meet yeah, it's going to be a long minute here, so it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Track's going to be doing some damage this year. I mean, doing um, solid, man. You're going to kill it, man. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to kill up. it. Everybody's been putting in some really good work, and I know I'm a big proponent fan of this show, as I know I'm on the team, but uh, I mean, this team gives or get, should have a lot more credit, than, and I mean, a lot of people give them credit for, so uh, we put in a lot of good work, and we're really putting the team back on the map, so we look forward to continuing that here this year in outdoor. Finishing off the show here, we're going to golf now. Joe's one of his favorite sports. Uh, it is love a, to play golf. Yes, it is back to the outdoor season here as the weather has been anything but helpful so far by what we've heard um, overall from this year. Uh, men's side have certainly started off the season pretty solid. Obviously, some good performances uh, earlier on in the fall, and then I've really kind of pulled that over here into the spring. A couple six-place finishes as well um, as some really good uh, performances as well back um, here in the early part of March. But uh, recently, that tri-match that we previewed last weekend ended up finishing third, a close loss um, in second to Davenport. Really put up a pretty good fight um, there in that matchup. Grand Valley ended up taking it all by a couple of strokes. But uh, I think when you looked at it especially, I think it's definitely one thing to just go into that match uh, and know when you're going to be playing in that West Michigan environment, obviously the weather can be a factor. Uh, but I mean, playing against some really good teams. I mean, this is kind of really the tune up earlier on this season because you're getting a look at what the top two teams mm-hmm. in Gleak are looking like this year as well as Wayne State, I think, is also in that in that mix as well. So um, being able to play them one on one and one um, is a really good just fit to the season to see where you're at, kind of check up, say, hey, what do we need to work on? What do we need to do better? Hey, what are some things we're doing good that we can uh, vitalize, especially going in? To postseason play later on. And I think they definitely got that lesson there um, in that try match. But I think when you look at it, I mean, this team's still deep, still young. Um, and I think there's a lot of good things we can put forward to this season. Just got to start it off. We're getting that progression over round by round. Just got to start off the shoot red hot. And that's what grits this team going forward into the postseason this year. Birdies right away is going to be a big thing. Especially, Birds. I mean, in competitive golf, anyways, you always want to start off with at least a par or a birdie. And I think the tough part is when you start off a little bit slow where, you, you know, a couple bogeys spread in there after the first like four or five holes, you haven't found your groove yet. You want to be able to start out ideally with a birdie or with a par just to be able to make sure that, hey, this course isn't going to be too much for me. I'm going to be able to be solid. I'm already on top of it and we can go anywhere else but low or anywhere else but up. It's going to be a big thing. So, I think if we just kind of start out hot, like you said, Brandon, that's going to be the big thing. But you also have to, I mean, it's West Michigan. It's terrible weather lately. I mean, we have, I mean, we have like some pretty clear days, but there hasn't been a day over what, 50 in the past two weeks, maybe. Yeah. So like you're looking at, you're looking at a spot where, I mean, they had to play the Aronson Invitational. Or sorry, not, that was way back in the day, way, way back in the day. Yeah, this is uh, back in September there. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at uh, the schedule and got a little bit lost where I was at. But you're looking at SHU Spring Invitational, Panther Invitational, and stuff like that way back in the day. I mean, that was kind of a glimpse of what you're going to be able to get now with some of that bad weather. But I think playing golf in the early spring of Michigan is arguably the worst experiences for a golfer for how bad the weather is and how much it affects your gameplay. Because honestly, you're not going to be able to have a a solid read on your game because you're never going to be at a spot where you're going to be able to play hundred percent, whether it's you're either injured or course course just looks terrible, feels terrible. It's too cold to be able to get a solid stroke on the ball. So that's going to be a tough part. But I think 
especially when April comes around, hopefully it gets a little bit nicer. And especially they're going to be going down south of the Music City Invitational. So hopefully they kind of find their way a little bit. We'll be pretty solid. Yeah, a lot of veteran players on this team, obviously, um, that can really provide a spark, especially when needed uh, throughout this lineup. I mean, especially when you have, uh, I mean, really complimenting with Caleb Bond, who's been great as a freshman this year, kind of leading the way for us. Um, but then you got Zach Corner as well as Dan Shattuck, friend of the show. Shout out to Dan as well. Um, it's Trent Barnes, Shane Buffet have been there, Adam Mastery. Uh, a lot of veteran players that have really kind of gotten this, the the feel of this season. So they know that it's a grind in the month of March, getting outside in the snow and the rain and the gross weather, no matter where you're playing at, uh, outside of Florida, obviously. But uh, it's definitely one of those seasons where it kind of goes in waves for you. And it's really kind of dependent on the weather, unfortunately. Much like softball, it's really a different adjustment to uh, how you play the game. Because, I mean, obviously, when you got some damp conditions, you got uh, where the ball is not necessarily moving as far. It's not traveling. It's not rolling. Obviously, uh, that changes your game plan up when you're playing conservative on a hole or you're playing aggressive on a hole just based on lies and how that uh, that hole is being played uh, during that month of time, you know, because there's times where maybe you're looking at a shot that you normally play and you're saying, man, with these conditions right now and the way that this ball uh, is lying on the fairway, like, I don't know if I want to play that shot. And that can play a little hesitancy in your first moment of reaction of what you want to, th- what do you want to shoot for? Uh, so it's definitely an adjustment, but uh, I think the team has really done a great job of adjusting to that so far. I mean, obviously you saw the huge improvement on their last, um, the, the, the SVSU spring invite um, down there is well. So I think you saw with that 16 stroke advantage, I mean, that's, that's what something that really a lot of the, that top, those top teams necessarily aren't showing as much, but the biggest thing, and I actually found this when I look back at the leaderboard, obviously we finished a little bit down in the, in the standings overall, I believe we were 18th. Uh, and I looked at McKendry who was second, both teams had 16 stroke improvements from round one yeah. to round two, McKendry, right, team? but McKendry was 15 strokes higher in round one. That's the difference when you look at it right there. That's the difference. Really, we have the improvement. It's just starting off hot. You know, you shave off six strokes in that example, uh, or I should say six strokes in that opening round, and you keep that improvement. Obviously, that's 12 for those doing the math at home. Don't worry, I got you back. I mean, that puts you all the way up into seventh at 602. That's all. That's the biggest difference. It's just the start right out of the gate, playing your best golf round one, making those adjustments, improving like you have in round two. Obviously, that's easier to say than do. I know I'm not a scratch golfer myself, nor even close to that. Uh, but I mean, for a lot of the talent that we have, we are capable of doing that and putting together a lot of these good scores. So that's just something we got to look forward to trying to do. Uh, and we hope it comes through because I think when that necessarily happens, I mean, we're going to do some big damage when it comes later on here in the postseason. Yeah, that's that's for sure. But like you said, just getting make sure that you start off hot is going to be the big thing because if you're able to have that good first round, that takes a lot of weight off your shoulders, especially it takes a lot of weight off of off of the players are kind of like the lower spots where you're playing, uh, you know, our five or five, four, three spots, because those are kind of the spots where you win it. I feel like, of course, with your one and two golfers, you want to make sure they play well, because that's going to kind of set the standard and it's going to be able to kind of get, make your score a little bit lower. But if you're able to take a lot of stress off your four or five, uh, three, four, five golfers, then that's going to be where you're going to be able to make a lot of improvements because lower, Honestly, to me, in a lot of these golf tournaments, the lower golfers on the team are going to be the ones that are going to be winning you it because Mm -hmm. if they have situations where they have 10 stroke improvements, 12 stroke improvements, even lower, even single digit ones, like five, six, seven stroke improvements, you're going to be in a spot where you're going to add up very, very fast. And that's going to be the one thing that's going to be able to make sure that you're going to have some pretty solid success later on in the season. Thanks you for taking your B-reel while. Yeah, there. I forgot to take my B-reel. Joe had already done it, which my hair looks absolutely yeah, fantastic it looks, uh, right looks now. Yeah, it looks something else, man. I might have else. to post that on socials. I'm going to have to, bad, have to react. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to react to the pot or react to the... Yeah, well, I'm literally typing right now, what's going on with my hair? It looks so it looks so bad right now, but you can follow me on Be Real if you want to see it later. Because I don't know if I want to post that on public platforms. Anyway, golf's going to be doing great this year. Can't wait to see on men's and women's side, obviously, um, especially with the women as well. I mean, they've been playing very well as of recently. Uh, maybe not necessarily the best finishes that we've seen, but they're starting to improve. Obviously, a couple sixth place finishes against some good teams, especially at the Finley Spring Invite, which they just completed um, here earlier. Beating Grand Valley is a team that's also in the GLIAC as well. 
um, as some other teams like Saginaw, Northern Michigan, Davenport, also way down the list. This team played really well, and they've been led this year, especially uh, by Elena Eldred, as well as a lot of those senior players that not necessarily number two, number three in our list, like Joe was mentioning, the four and the fives, right? Abigail Gravel is our number five golfer coming in. She was second, right? The second highest score. That's the things that you need for this team to really go. That depth really pushing you up. When you have five in the top 40 overall individually, top 50, that's going to get you really good results over on in the season because there's a lot of teams out there. I mean, Grand Valley was a team that didn't necessarily have that depth, and that's the team we beat. So that's what the difference is. You have that depth is the biggest difference because you can have really good individual golfers, but if you don't have that depth behind you like like these teams do, that's going to really prohibit you with your postseason success. So... Uh, it's going to be a really fun season. I can't wait to see uh, everybody uh, improve their improve their games overall, especially over the year, especially getting a golfer in here on the episode certainly is on our agenda. Maybe even a couple coaches as well from the spring sports um, will be coming in here shortly. So can't wait for you. So you can subscribe to that uh, as well. It's just getting outside is what I'm excited about in spring. I did get a chance, y'all. I know we talked about in the last episode. I did get my disc golf round in yesterday and it was supposed to rain. Hey, oh. Didn't even rain. It was beautiful outside. I got to say, I did start the round off really well. Two straight birds. Hey, nice. And drop the double. Ah, yeah. That's how you should. Yeah, not great. But anyway, still improved. I didn't have a better score than I did last year by four strokes, three strokes, nice. one of the two. So we're on the right track so here. That so happens. I went to the simulator and was bombing them. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah I, I got to get over well. the simulator one of these times. I still have not done it yet. I'm I know a lot of the simulator though. Like it's a little, th- it's a little pricey. Not surprised. I was just gonna say I just don't like going to the simulator though because like I feel like it doesn't give me like actual feedback on like how my shot shape is because like I've gone to the range and I've gone to the simulator like pretty close to each other like in succession like right when the range opens I'll go on the first day usually or something like that um, and like my shots like aren't they're not like crazy wicked slices but they're not like as straight as they look on the simulator so yeah. the simulator kind of gives you false hope a little bit on where it is yeah that is something because you can't really recreate shot shapes to the perfect extent because obviously it's going reaction off of where that ball is hit. Obviously yeah. it's registering the number it is of track the spin, man, so. but yeah, so it's not going to be perfect and it's going to give you an ideal, but it's not going to be the full extent, right? Cause if you slice the heck out of the golf ball, it's going to be like a power fade basically. Yeah. It's going to bring that spin involved in the calculations to obviously give it that arc but is it going to have that nasty tail like you can have, especially when you have elements in the wind? Like if you slice a ball into the wind, you just see you later. It's LB for sure, right? So it's not going to necessarily bring you that kind of data. But Always interesting. Yeah, but it's certainly a cool invention. I'd love to get on the track, man, and play a simulator around one day. I actually had some friends that I met the other day um, that were, were over at the simulator actually yesterday over in Metam at B-Dubs. Yeah, shout out to the Morrison bros, one of my, two of my closest friends from high school. Cool um, were over at B-Dubs, and they said they just came from the simulator. I was pretty jealous, so... Uh, so I just got to get out there one of these times. Maybe we'll have an doing, M- MSB live stream simulator maybe. battle. You I was doing crush me though. I was doing the, uh, um, I was doing like long drive. Like I did like the regular stuff and I did long drive and I, uh, smoked one like three ten, and that one felt good. And then I was averaging like two eighty. I was in like two sixty carry though. So that was pretty good. That is pretty solid. I think the heart, the furthest carry I've ever gotten was two seventy five. 280. I was it was somewhere in there. It was a was, really good ball, though. I was Best averaging, I like, I think, I was, not to brag or nothing, obviously, but I think I was averaging, like, 156 ball speed, 157. I actually never measured my ball speed, so I don't know. And I went to Top Golf once, and I was just like, oh, dang. I oh, yeah. Like, I, I was tried like, trying to hit it really hard, and I got, like, 162. I did. I was just like throwing my back out almost. I did hit it so hard one time it didn't register. So I might have broke this. Okay. I think I broke this phenomenon. No, I actually enjoy. I know we're kind of riding this episode low. So we'll finish up here in a minute. But the games that you can play when it comes to accuracy are super, super just enticing because you're like, I want to pinpoint on this hole. But there's no way that those are actually the pound of distance when you're looking up from the deck. You know what I mean? Like, when you see a, one of those, like, obviously you have, like, the long, I think the longest, the white target out there is, like, what, 250 or 230? So, yeah, 250 Something like that. So. But when well, you're- Well, there's the back, there's the back, like, in the middle, there's, like, 12 little bins on the net. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Those, I think, are 270. Yeah, something like that. But when- are those the same numbers on the deck on the next level as the ground? 
I think because if goes you're heading off, off of, level, because if it's off of ground level, but it's the same rate straight up on each deck, that's different because obviously you're hitting from an upward position. Distances of targets. We're getting scientific here. This is fantastic golf. stuff. Golf. Uh, close range about three to 50, 30 to 50 up to 200 yards with increments between the longer targets are obviously harder to hit and you get rewarded by score, scoring in those areas. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for me to use that one. I, that is interesting. Though. That is, we've been having that. We've had that sound for a while. We never use it. I know. It was a definite. It was actually a recommendation by one of the fellow listeners. So I guess you can go as recommend far? sound effects to us as well. You got to follow us first. If you hit a if you hit a top flight golf ball like fast, a regular golf ball you're gonna hit even far farther faster. Wait, top golf, top ball? golf ball. Oh, I think you said one, top flight. They're, they're I was all, like, well, of course, all top, the time. Top flight's not the best brand of golf no, ball, yeah. so that makes sense. But you no, Callaway Chrome Soft in there compared to a top golf I ball, do you're like smoke in those bad boys. I, I don't do feel like, like spending twenty seven thirty bucks for a pack of twelve though. Yeah, I do like Chrome Softs, and I mean, I know there's a lot of hype behind. Obviously, I play the Super Softs usually. Super Softs, I can yeah. usually make those last a good amount. I like the Chrome Softs. I'm not the guy though that goes out and buys. I'm not <laughs> out there getting Pro V One X and I buying a whole pack. Side note again, side note again, sorry. When I was down in Florida, I lived like right next to a really expensive country club where the public would have to pay like 300 bucks to play. I bought a ball finder or a ball grabber because there was, I was right on the side of like a par five and a par three. Yeah. Like around that went around a lake. And so when I got bored after a weekend, like I wait for like a weekend to go by and then I'd go and just grab the ball grabber and go grab, like I found like 60 balls, probably 80% 80% of them were Pro V1s, Pro V1Xs, oh. and like Callaways and stuff. That's Dude, crazy. I'm telling you, that was the greatest day of my life when I when I bought that thing. It was 40 bucks, but it was well spent because... You bought, you got back I got dollars in got, golf balls. Yeah, I got least. back like 80 bucks in golf balls. Jeez, so it was Louise. well worth the investment. Yeah, I've never, I've just been the one that trudges through the woods, pick the briars on the way well. through, but it's worth the golf ball. I do that as well, but then there's one time where I saw like a venomous snake down the floor and I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't do that. Should do that. Ooh, scary. No thanks. Anyway, have fun in the spring, y'all. Go out and support the dogs in track and field, softball, golf, and tennis, as well as spring football. Also coming That's up. That's coming up. April 26th, right? Spring game? Yes, sir. Spring April, game. Oh, be there. Fending back to back Natty Champs will be on display at Top Tagger Field. You can find that information on all of the fairstatebulldog.com website information. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've rambled long enough. Thanks for tuning in. we got to get out of here. Brandon Wirt, Joe Nagy. Make sure you subscribe at the MBSP. And until next time. Take care, everybody.